Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What is going on, guys? Welcome to ID Podcast. 
Thank you guys for joining us. Today we have a great show for you where we welcome Lynn Riley. And Lynn is a licensed professional counselor, master energy therapist, and the author of the self-development book, 30 Days to Me. And we dive into how we can rebalance an imbalanced relationship through communication. So we talk about that, but we talk about an issue that Sarah and I face a lot, and that is what to do when you're constantly trying to improve your relationship. Because if you're a longtime listener to the podcast, or maybe you're not, but you're just always trying to improve your relationship, Sarah and I find that because we're getting all this great information from our guests, sometimes we get a little bogged down and at least I can be a bit too critical and a bit of a problem solver. And we're just trying to always address issues in the relationship and that can be taxing. So Lynn talks about how we can navigate that. And like Chase mentioned, I know a lot of you guys have been listening for a really long time. So listening to these listening to these podcasts kind of puts you in the same position we are. So I'm sure you guys struggle with always feeling the pressure to work on your relationship. And, and that's not a bad thing. But uh, Lynn really helps us talk about the best way to do that. Yeah. And, and we, we address having a weekly meeting and checking in. And Sarah reminded me of our relationship yes. vision that we created that we need to revisit. We, we did it back in August and then yeah. I don't think we've <laughs> revisited it once. So well, we, we did it cause it's, it is part of one of the lessons in the spark my relationship course. And if you guys um, are new to listening to the show, check out our online course at sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. And you guys can get a special offer just for you guys. Um, but yeah, it's, it's part of one of the lessons in the course and it's great for the relationship. And it's something that we need to really talk about once a month to make sure that our vision of our relationship is aligned and that we're continually working on it. The holidays are coming up. It'd be a great gift to oh, yourself yeah. or a gift to your partner. To the relationship. To, yeah. <laughs> to your relationship to uh, get this course and go through it. It's been extremely valuable for us. And again, that's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and our listeners get a special rate on that. It will be the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> it will because it's a lifetime <laughs> membership. So you will have it forever. And your relationship is going to get better. Even yeah. if you just use one there's so much valuable stuff in there, but just one thing can make your life happier, more so than any video game or whatever <laughs> the hot new toy or thing is going to be this Christmas or Hanukkah time. One thing we've heard a lot of feedback about is is because the modules are set up in different um, sections. Uh, for example, some people have gone back to the communication section or the intimacy section when their relationship is really needing work on that specific area. So uh, yeah, and like we said, it's a lifetime membership, so you'll have it forever. So thank you guys again so much for listening. Enjoy today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. 
That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Lynn. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Lynn, we like to start our shows with having you tell us and our listeners why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Well, I run a private practice, and in that practice, I primarily am seeing individuals for different things, and I notice that when they come in, it's, it's always about one particular topic, that this is the issue, this is what I want to work on, but it always moves back to their relationships and the quality of the relationships and the connections that they have with other people. And so I know that the, putting the focus on those relationships and yourself in the relationships really makes a big difference in the quality of your life, really. It absolutely does. And it is, uh, we don't want it to be determinant of our happiness, but it largely is. Uh, You know, we like to say it starts with ourselves individually and getting the relationship with ourselves right. But um, then the significant others in our life, family members, and we love getting the information from guests like yourself, applying it to our own lives and sharing it with our listeners. And today's topic is one that I'm sure a lot of our listeners have encountered. I know uh, Sarah and I encounter it and it's a common thing and that is rebalancing an imbalance relationship. So why don't we start by talking about how a relationship can become imbalanced, some of the, you know, maybe some specific examples, and then we will address how we can communicate through those issues. Well, when you start with, when you're just starting, when you meet someone and you start dating and you start getting to know them, you're building the foundation of your relationship. And in that foundation, you can start to, you can go back how things started, you'll start to see how each person has a role in the relationship. One person might be the one making more of the plans or, or saying, let's do this. And the one who's a little bit more communicative or straightforward about things, the other one sort of goes with the flow a little bit more and sort of is more of the, um, the receiver. So the person is a person who sort of gives more and steps up and we're going to go do this. And the other person says, okay, I'm in. And what tends to happen is what can happen in a relationship is the person who is giving more, that might be their love language. They like to give, they like to put out, they like to show you expressions of how they're doing for you. And that feels good to them and that they want the appreciation or return. And where the other person who's receiving really like that validation that this person is showing up for me and doing for me and wants to be there for me. And I like the way that feels. And so what happens is if, if it becomes, when it becomes imbalanced for the person who might be giving more in whatever it is, whatever area it is, starts to feel like, oh my gosh, this person isn't really reciprocating. They're not doing anything in return or they're not appreciating what I'm doing. And the person who's receiving more is saying, well, why are you slowing down? Or why are you getting frustrated? Like, this is the way that it's supposed to be, and now you're not doing enough. And then it feels like a, a resentment on their side. So the resentment can build on either side, depending on who's feeling like their needs aren't being met. So let's start with that example that you're giving. Um, how can that particular couple that feels like their needs aren't being met, maybe they're not feeling like their love language is being... Uh, 
catered to or or a, a fulfilled enough, how can they bring up the subject without creating more conflict? Because oftentimes when we try to bring up a subject, uh, the way in which we communicate it is is super important. So how can that partner uh, address the issue to start? Well, the most important thing is that the issue is addressed. And that's typically where a lot of people in relationships start to falter when it doesn't get addressed. And so you keep waiting for things to change and waiting and then start making these sort of little, maybe passive actions to stop doing or whatever, instead of talking about it. So the most critical thing is that it's communicated and not avoided because when it's avoided, that's when the resentment builds waiting for the other person to just know that you're upset. So Yes, effective communication starts with actually saying something and you're asking, well, how would you present it? Absolutely. The way that you present it plays a big, is it has a big, big role in how it's received. So when you're communicating your needs, it's really important to come from the place of you. And that means this is how I feel. When this is happening, I feel like this. When this isn't happening, I feel like this. It may not be intentional, but that's how I'm receiving it. What doesn't work is the you are the you statements. The you do this and I don't like this. And when you don't do this, I don't like this. And that doesn't work for me. Those are those that's when the wall starts to go up. Once the you statements come out of the you're not doing this or you are doing this, the wall goes up and the communication starts to end. I love that you pointed out the importance of communicating. <laughs> like <laughs> it seems like you shouldn't even have to say that, but it can happen so often. I know Sarah and I are very aware of the importance of it, and we're constantly trying to <laughs> do struggle. better and communicating, but not pouting, not being passive aggressive towards your partner, not shutting down. These are all defense mechanisms and ways of not actually addressing the issue and saying, I feel this way when you do this. Instead, I feel like what is somehow not in the end, it's not easier because it creates more conflict. But what I think people tend to do is to just shut down or or any of the number of things that that I said and that we went over rather than (laughs) simply saying it's like you would talking to a three-year-old, our daughter's three, like, how does that make you feel, Stella? And having her tell us rather than, you know, if she's just pouting with her arms crossed, we knows what's going on. She's upset. And that's essentially what adults do in relationships, passive aggressiveness, just being mean, um, not communicating, shutting down, not being lovey. So it's a seemingly simple, but it's super important to actually take that step. And then the way in which you do it, like you said, not using you statements, using I statements, so important. Right. Absolutely. And what's funny is that when we're being passive and we're doing, and they're just, their habits, their habits that start over time that maybe start when you're three, when you're pouting and then, you know, someone doesn't want to see you stomp your feet. So you get your way. And so then you're like, Ooh, that works. And so you continue to do that, you know, through the course of your life in different fashions. You know, and everybody has those habits that 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 sort of aren't really particularly helpful. But it's identifying it, recognizing that you're doing it, and then saying, "All right, well, that doesn't really do anything for me because I'm sitting here pouting and I'm still not getting what I want." 
And then by not addressing it, oftentimes people will say, well, it's easier. Well, it's easier. It's not easier because you're still not getting what you want. And so you're waiting for something to change without being willing to do anything about it. And that's where the communication piece comes in. We talk about on the show, and and we know this, how different each and every couple is. But if we could put, I guess, a general timeline on when to communicate your feelings about uh, resentment or if somebody is giving less or receiving less, how long do you deal with those emotions before you initiate that conversation? Because I know many times like Chase will be stressed out with work and he'll be giving a little bit less than normal. And so I have to look internally and, and kind of evaluate the situation and say, okay, well, he's under a lot of pressure. And so I just need to kind of let it go and and not make this issue like a big deal right now. So can you give any advice on on that? Well, I would say the most important time to address it is when you start to feel it. So when you start to feel a resentment it, you, and, you, and you decide to push it down, like, well, I'm not going to make this an issue and I push it down. What ends up happening is it builds. And so the resentment builds and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to let this one go. And then something else comes up and then it's like the old resentment comes up and says, hey, remember this time when you were really annoyed and it compounds. So if you do that, not that you want to make everything an issue, but that it doesn't have to be an issue. If you're communicating in a way that's not like, hey, this is all about you and what I don't like about you or I don't like about the relationship, but more about this is how I feel. It doesn't have to be so, it doesn't have to be combative and it doesn't have to be a big thing. It's really just sharing how you feel. You're not saying you need to change your ways. I'm just letting you know if I start to pull back a little bit, it's because I'm uncomfortable about this. And that way your partner knows what's going on instead of having to like pick up on cues and and wonder what it is and, and figure out where the silence comes from. Anyway, going back to once you start to feel the resentment, that's the best time to bring it up because then you're just dealing with it instead of letting it linger and letting it build. I, mean, I see, honestly, I look at resentment as being like the kiss of death in relationships because it's like that silent killer that just hangs on and finds its way to come back out. I'm glad Sarah brought this up because this is something that we struggle with a lot Mm -hmm. is we're like hyper aware of improving our relationship (laughs) because of this podcast. And I imagine, (laughs) of course, absolutely. And and it's probably maybe similar to therapists and psychologists that are in relationships, (laughs) which most of them are going to be or currently. And so yeah. We we find I find and and I think this is what Sarah's kind of hinting at is that the and just everyone is different. I think Sarah does repress her feelings sometimes mm-hmm. too much and I want her to be more forthcoming. Um but then sometimes it feels like we are just a bit nitpicky and at least I know I am on on my end I tend to be the more emotional partner in our relationship as far as expressing myself and and just maybe you could even say like emotional volatility. Um, And sometimes we go through periods where it's nothing like extremely pressing necessarily, but we're we're just like, I'm trying to be better. We're trying to be better. But then sometimes it feels like we're 
just spinning our wheels. So yeah, how how do you, maybe you deal with that with like all of your knowledge, or or how can we think about that in our listeners that might encounter this kind of issue? Well, that kind of thing is when you find yourself maybe being reliant on your partner for your well-being or you feel like hurt more often or whatever the case is, that would be a time to really step back and say, what is it? What is it about my own insecurities that are coming up here? It may really have nothing to do with your partner, but really looking at your own sensitivities and your own insecurities and asking that fear in you what actually it's trying to say. What is it that you're trying to, to protect yourself from? Or what is it that you feel like you need someone else to make you feel good about? Where is it that you feel not enough or insecure? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is a bit of the realization that I'm, I'm, I haven't figured out, but <laughs> that I'm addressing and, and recognize is that it's not, it's not my external relationship so much as my internal relationship with myself. Yeah, and, right. and it is such a, even if that problem is not occurring in, in someone that's listening, that's where everything starts, right? It's not what your partner is doing or not doing to you. It's, it's really starts with yourself. And obviously there's ways to interact with your partner that are better and your partner can be doing good or bad things, but that's why relationships are so complicated is that you have this relationship with another person and, and all of their stuff, but then our own relationship with ourselves, And I think that that gets overlooked and we actually don't even talk about it too much on the podcast because there's so much to talk about in regards to relationship with the other. But, um, Addressing those insecurities, addressing our childhood, uh, that's a huge thing in shaping who we've become, how we relate, how we receive love. Are there any specific things that we can do to go through that journey or, or things to, to read maybe or, or uh, to things to keep in mind? Yeah, well, that, that learning about yourself, to me my professional and personal opinion is the most valuable thing that you can give to yourself, but also to your relationships. You know, I know that the work that I've done on myself has been the most valuable for my own overall well-being of life, but also who I am as a partner, who I am as a mother, who I am as a friend, all of those things. Because the more connected I am with myself and understanding myself and accepting of myself, that's really the key piece is the self-acceptance piece the better off all of my relationships are going back to the relationship with myself certainly reflects all the relationships in my life. And I mean, (laughs) I wrote a book called 30 days of me, which is actually designed for that. It is designed for connecting with yourself as a guide to do that. And it's really just introspective questions of who you are and, and looking at your habits and the things that um, you've, where you come from and also where you're going, things like that. But asking yourself a lot of the questions that you wouldn't normally do on a daily basis, because we don't, we don't spend, we're not taught how to be introspective. We're often taught to look outside of ourselves and look for the valid out, validation outside of self. But 
if you're always reliant on that, it's not going to ever be satisfying. You really have to be okay enough with yourself to even receive well from the outside. Can you talk a little bit for the listeners that are similar to maybe my behavior? Like Chase had mentioned, sometimes he can be a little bit more emotional in the relationship and it can lead to me feeling nagged or constantly trying to be corrected. And and I know speaking from experience, like that can be kind of, uh, I don't know the word to describe it, but make you feel kind of bad about yourself. So what would be the best way for somebody like me to dealing with the communication and and maybe how to communicate to chase that. Although I always want to improve the relationship and improve our communication, the, the constant, what's the word I'm looking for? The constant um, critique critique or things like that can be, can be really hard on an individual. Today's episode is sponsored by audible. It's that time of year that everyone is thinking about thoughtful gifts and Sarah's birthday just passed. So I was definitely (laughs) thinking about gifts and we think you deserve a gift of an audible membership. Our guests often recommend many books during the interviews, and there's no better way than to listen to these books on Audible. You can do it while you're driving, working out. It's why you listen to this podcast. It's easy, passive, great information. And Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, relationship help books, and much more. (laughs) And now Audible members get more than ever before. Each month, you'll get three titles of your choice, one audiobook, and two Audible originals that you can't get anywhere else. And right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month. That's $6.95 a month. That's more than half of the regular price. Give yourself or loved one the gift of Audible. Go to audible.com slash I do or text I do to 500-500. That's audible.com slash I do or text I do to 500-500. Sure. Right. Right. Because you're not looking to do the same, do it the same way. And I think I think the way that you just said it right now is perfect because it is just bringing it to light and bringing awareness. And it's really about sitting down and both of you talking about your needs and your expectations because our frustrations come from unmet expectations. So if one of you is expecting to have your emotional needs met at all times and the other one isn't available to do that for a variety of reasons, then that that is always going to be frustrating. So it's going to have to be where else can you get those needs met? I mean, absolutely starting with self is the most critical, but if you're asking for what you need and it's not being given to you, then I think it's really just a time to take space and say, okay, why don't we give us a little bit of space so we can come back together and figure out how we can do this together without injuring the different parts of the relationship. I think it's kind of a beautiful thing and why relationships are so valuable. Trying to bring this all together. We're talking about improving the self and then Sarah, her experience and and us trying to improve the relationship in that we have these entities. We have 
myself as an individual, Sarah as an individual, and then the relationship as like this third entity. And they all right. require that work and not separately because they, everything is going to benefit each other, but not getting lost in the relationship and in trying to improve that, like Sarah saying, like maybe I'm always trying to critique and, and figure out ways that we can communicate better or, or you name it, where the reality is, is maybe there's some work to be done there, but we can make bigger strides if I'm working on my individual insecurities and and those things. And it's not necessarily that third entity of the relationship that's not working. And I think recognizing that, and then also that is the beauty of the relationship, because if I'm by myself and I'm not in a relationship, then yeah, I'm working on my own stuff, but I have nothing reflecting back on me. There's no mirroring. There's no, you know, there's not that thing to, to try to relate to and, <laughs> and to, to make me, right. to make me better, to say, Hey, this isn't. And to challenge you. Yeah. Yeah. And to challenge you. And, and, and I think within all that, if you can take the stance that we're in this together, like we're, we don't have it all figured out. I don't, I don't think anyone has it all figured out, but that if we're both trying to improve ourselves individually and the relationship as a third thing, and then have that as we talk about being on the same team, like we're a team and that's the the goal. That's the win for us. And we're never going to, it's always, we always going to have to play the game, but if we can be on the same team and, and with that ultimate goal in mind, then all the ups and downs are going to feel not like this struggle of, of me versus Sarah and more of like, Hey, we're trying to get to a better place. And, uh, and, and if we're on the same team on that journey, then it's going to be a lot easier to, uh, to go through it. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's also important to know that even though you are committed to being on the same team, that doesn't mean that a timeout isn't, isn't a bad thing to take that space, to be, to be, to take that breather, to be on your own, to be your, per, be comfortable again in your skin. So when you're ready, you know, you're sitting on the side, you just need a break. You're sitting on the sidelines for a little bit and then you go back into the game when you're ready. So I think that's really important too, because if it's like, okay, well now you got to play and you're not ready to play. then again, that's going to create that imbalance and that resentment of like, hold on. I'm, I'm not ready to play quite yet. I just need a little bit more time to take a break from that and focus on me. I think that's really important too, to have that foundation of self so you can be together, united in that team and in that togetherness. What does that taking a break look like? Like when you say that, does that mean like a self-retreat for a week where you get away? Well, if you're sort of, if you're in the uh, place of like processing or over-processing, maybe something that's going on or something that you're feeling and one person's like, okay, this is too much. It's too much processing for me at this time. That doesn't mean you're never going to process it. It just means I need a break from processing it. It doesn't mean you're, you could go away for a week. Sure. That would be awesome. But it could mean like th three hours of just like, let's go do something fun or I'm going to go do something fun and you go do something fun that doesn't have to do with this. You don't always have to focus on the issue at hand or the situation it doesn't always have to be fixed right away. 
sometimes when you give it space in yourself space, the answers and the clarity actually come to you when you're not putting so much pressure on it. I love that you mentioned that because it's so important because so many times Chase and I will get stuck on an issue and then we find it so hard to escape that issue and enjoy each other. Like it's almost like we have to have it solved before we can right. enjoy each other and have fun. And, and we both struggle with that. And, and I think sometimes we can get really hooked on that. And that's something that we both really need to work on. Yeah, I think that that and recognizing that that's actually healthy to be able to step away and be uncomfortable. It's okay to be uncomfortable. That's also something that, you know, we're not taught often is you're allowed to just be uncomfortable and keep going. It doesn't mean you have to do something drastic or anything has to change immediately. Be uncomfortable until it settles out and then make your choices. Lynn, so you mentioned sitting down and talking about our needs and expectations, and that is obviously a form of clear communication. And we've talked about it many times and different issues on the show, and that's having a weekly or monthly meeting with your partner where, and that's what it kind of remind me of where you sit down and you check in and things could be 100% good, but it's just important to get on the same page to have that team meeting. And it's something that Sarah and I don't really do as often as we should. It it kind of comes up as the issues arise. And then I think that's where it can kind of feel like we're always in the cycle of trying to improve and or critiquing yeah. each other. Whereas if we set aside like, hey, Sunday evenings, there's a time where let's talk about uh, what's on our minds, what what our needs and expectations are, if they're not being met, and, and kind of compartmentalizing it a little bit uh, might be helpful, I, I think, for us, certainly, so that you're not always in the mode of, of critiquing or, or, or communicating. Like, communication is important, but especially, like I said, with us and having all this information from interviewing people like yourselves, sometimes I can feel like we're always doing that. So setting that specific time aside might be valuable. And it's really funny that you just mentioned uh, this, Chase, because I was cleaning out our, we just moved back to Costa Rica and I was unpacking stuff and I just found our, the relationship vision that we did in yeah. Oregon. And it made me remember that we had agreed to go over that once a month to make sure that our vision was still in line with each other. And we haven't done it in a couple months. So it's something that we need to get back into the routine of doing and, and really making sure that our visions are aligned. I think that's such a great idea. And I, I like what you said, even about compartmentalizing it or giving it a specific time for it. Because especially if you've got different, say, you know, if you sat down once a week and said, hey, what went really well this week? Or what were some things that I wish I had, I had done differently? So it's really that ownership piece of it and talking about that. But also you might recognize that after throughout the week, the things that you thought were concerns are gone by the time you sit down to talk about them. They're really not that big of a deal. They sort of come and go. That is another great point. In the moment, it can feel like this is bugging me so much. I got to address this. <laughs> and then two hours later, you've forgotten about it. And it's, it's really not a big deal. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, we're all like have that emotional part of us. It's like, it's super, super important. Or that like inner drama. That's like, I have to get this out right now. And then, you know, an hour later, you're like, Oh, yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't care that much. 
and then not have to make a thing of it. Or the fact that you could be really hungry or tired or, you know, you're just a little unstable at the moment. (laughs) Or hangry. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lynn, you've given us and our listeners some great tools to navigate communication and imbalance in the relationship. Before we wrap up, are there any major things that we miss that maybe might be an issue when there's an imbalance in the relationship uh, that we can address? I think that just going back to that, looking at self, if we look at relationships, relationships really are a reflection of the way that we let people, the way that we treat people and the way that we allow ourselves to be treated are really a reflection of how we feel about ourselves and how we see ourselves. And I think that's a really, really key point. So when you're looking at any imbalances in a relationship or what are perceived imbalances, it's really important to check in with yourself and say, where am I feeling not important enough or rejected or concerned or whatever the case is and starting that conversation with self before it goes anywhere else. Excellent. Well, I know that that's something that I want to continue to do and something we don't say too often on the podcast is is that that work on the self and not always looking to your partner um, as the reason for uh, the struggles in the relationship and and really that all these things should be going on uh, together that like I said that third entity of the relationship and then working on yourselves each individually so that is a important note to end on and we really appreciate you coming on the show Lynn so why don't we finish up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye Uh, you can find me on my website at uh, livingwithserendipity.com and on there you can find my book 30 Days to Me and my children's book The Secret to Beating the Dragon and the podcast that I've done that talk about some of the practices and techniques that I use for myself and with my clients um, on ways to practice more trust and living, working through your fears to really live life more fully. Excellent, Lynn. Well, we'll link to your website and your books on your show notes page on our website at idpodcast.com. And our listeners know to go there and check out all the great resources from the interview today. And we appreciate you for coming on. Thank you very much. Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam. And you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com 
slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more as always thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week you are listening to a pleasure podcast For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.